go live. <laughs> Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast. How to make money while traveling the world, but around the world, and how to try out amazing food while you're traveling. And one of the joys of traveling is the actual food, the culinary experience, the gastronomy. And we have we have a, a couple named Daryl and Mindy who are food influencers, food and travel influencers. Uh, their website's called twofoodtrippers.com, and it's the number two, number two foodtrippers.com. Uh, so I have the pleasure of interviewing them. They recommend around the much more. So you're in for a treat, literally, on this episode. So I want to do, first of all, get to know you guys better. Uh, Daryl and Mindy, if you can uh, quickly do an interview, guys. Uh, we are food and travel bloggers. And we're a married couple. Uh, we've been, we started blogging about um, almost five years ago but traveling full-time uh, a year and a half ago. At the end of this month, it'll be a year and a half. So we've been traveling around the world, eating lots of great food and writing about it and sharing the experience with our followers. So it's been a lot of fun. Yes, it has. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so maybe you can walk us through the journey. Uh, us about the foundation and vision of two trippers so tell us about how did it start and what is your goal for the site well I think we we met each other through food we um, I think the first night we met each other we kind of bonded over talking about bagels and then I think it just grew from there where we said hey um, you know we, we had already been traveling Mindy traveled the world a lot I travel with her we had probably before we even started the blog we love to travel we always love to eat in different places, and then we said, "Hey, you know, let's start a blog." I mean, we—I um, work in—I've worked in the food industry for seven years. Um, I was always into food even before that, and Mindy too. I mean, and, and it's just kind of an outgrowth of what we, what and where we've gone in our lives. Yeah, when we started the blog, it was really more of a hobby, just a way to share our experiences, and we thought our photos were fabulous. They were not. So we've really um, taken this journey over the last five years and have greatly improved so many skills, especially our food photography. And a year and a half ago, uh, we were working you know, nine to five jobs, and we just hit a point where if we're going to make this go, we've got to really you know, take a chance and, and, and go for it. And that's when we uh, rented our house and went on the road. And it's been a lot of fun ever since. Yeah, sure. Awesome. So, you uh, and uh, you've been to the Americas, you've been to Europe, Asia. We are South Africa at the very same time, and we only miss each other by a few days in Cape Town. Uh, so, tell us about some of the different countries oh, yeah. over the last, you know, Europe. That's crazy. I think we missed the last thing you said. Oh, uh, and by the way, uh, apologies uh, for the poor internet. I'm in Colombia, and our friends are over there in the Zagreb, Croatia. Unfortunately, the weather isn't great. Uh, I'd be my probably. I'll blame myself. Great. Uh, 
I'll blame South America and the Wi-Fi, not me. <laughs> anyway, uh, what my question was, I mean, the, <laughs> what my question was is uh, about some of the countries in the last few years of travel. Uh, where have you been? Which countries? Um, well, we've been all over. We've been, we've really concentrated on Europe a lot. We've been all over the United States. But we started off with a U.S. road trip. Yeah, we started off with a U.S. road trip. I mean, we've been to the South. We've been to California. We've been to wine country in California. We've been to, we've been to the Midwest, Chicago. We've been through um, even like sort of the Middle South, Nashville, and we we're from Philadelphia, so we have a tremendous food culture in Philadelphia, and it's been really wonderful. So anyway, we started with the U.S. road trip with a little stop in Canada, and then we flew over to Europe. We were, we spent about six weeks in France. Yeah. Then we um, headed up to we. Are we? Do we? Are we still there? Waiting for people to join this video call. Hello. He's coming back. Just wait, wait for me. We're here. Oh yeah. So, uh, what any particular uh, place uh, or city or destination that really stand out for you? Uh, any highlights from your, you know, uh, travel so far? Definitely. Well, like once we got to Europe, we we really focused a lot in France, and we absolutely love Lyon, where we started the trip. Yes. And we also love Naples. We spent a month in Naples or Napoli in Italy, and we ate a lot of pizza, mm -hmm. and it was great. And we were just in north, like in central northern Italy, in Emilia Romagna, which is the pasta capital. So we've we've done the pizza capital, we've done the pasta capital, and it's all been really wonderful. We um, also love Southeast Asia. I mean, I mean, we were eating lots of pho. We were eating like lots of um, Thai food, like khao soy, amazing stuff. In we spent a month in Chiang Mai, Thailand. We also love Japan. Like can't get enough sushi, can't get enough ramen. <laughs> Pretty much can't get enough of any of of the food over in Japan. It's really wonderful. And as you know, South um, South Africa is pretty awesome. Not not necessarily for the food, but just for everything else. The food, the coffee, the wine. Love the wine there. The wine. The scenery, the animals. The wine. The wine. The wine. Okay, the yeah. wine. Um, yeah, South Africa was probably our favorite country in our trip. Uh, we've been traveling for seven months continuously, and I have such a strong uh, affinity for Africa, and especially South Africa. It's such a beautiful country, as you mentioned, all the things, the food, the culture. I'm not as much of a wine drinker as you guys because I have three young kids. So uh, we did uh, we did actually do some wine tours um, in uh, Christian um, – what was that area again, the wine area? Oh, Yes, yes. We went over there and we did uh, some wine tasting and our kids had some grape juice, so had a good time over there too. That, that's, you know, even without the wine, it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. I mean, you really can't beat the scenery, the mountains, the clouds that kind of drift over on the sunset. I mean, we, it, I, we you know, we're about to write a whole series on South African wine country and we found that not only is the wine amazingly valued, but the scenery is the most beautiful in the world. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I remember now Const Constantia, Constantia, Stellenbosch, Fishhawk, 
and a whole bunch of more. So great wine area. Uh, so I'm interested in, um, you know, when you're traveling, you go to Europe, you go to Asia, you go to Africa, uh, North America. How do you actually find what the good food is to eat? Because that's one of the issues. You, you arrive in a place and there's like a whole bunch of different food. And sometimes it's hard to actually pick out and find uh, the amazing food that only the locals know about. So tell us about how you guys, uh, what is your journey to find the best food? We love doing research. I think a lot of there we've talked to different travelers and they they hate the process of research. Um, but we love doing research. We love to um, to find different spots to like and you know we eat at all different levels. We do all sorts of different things. Um, we we sometimes will go to a town and we'll just walk down the street and we've been eating and we've been have so much experience I think going to restaurants that we can sort of sniff out like what's going to be a great experience and what we're going to enjoy. What do you think, Mindy? And also we talk to a lot of locals, whether we're in a coffee shop or hanging out wherever, and at, find where they like to go. And what we find in coffee shops a lot is we can meet um, chefs and professionals. That yeah, chefs drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> and they can give us some really good recommendations. Yeah. But yeah, we just we, the internet is our friend. We learn a lot before yeah. we get there, and then once we're there, we just do a lot on the on the fly, figure things out. And and we also you know education and food. Like we were just in Amelia Romagna, but I mean even before we started blogging, I love I've always loved the food from there. We even traveled there before we were bloggers, and kind of know I know where like who the experts are, where who to talk to, places about places like Lyon, you know. And I mean, there's great TV. I mean, there's right now the media landscape is just filled with opportunities to do research on great food and it's it's really fun. Yeah, not to say sometimes we we have bad food. We just don't write about it, but we try to mostly have good food. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, with food it's such a broad topic. You have everything from street food to cafes to restaurants to like Michelin star. Uh, what kind of food do you guys like? We like it all. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I knew you'd say that. You know, the thing is, I mean, we don't want to, I, I don't want to pigeonhole it. I mean, we've had Michelin star meals that have been amazing. We've had Michelin star meals that have been not so amazing. We've had amazing street food. We've had, you know, that's a, stuff that's okay. You know, we've had, you know, we've been in different cities where, the, where you can kind of feel that the food scene, like where they're still developing and they're not really totally together in what they eat. We've been to some cities where, you know, they you could bring in any kind of style of food, and it's amazing. You know, with places like New York, I mean, you, you can't beat New York as far as international food is concerned, or Paris, or Paris. I mean, Paris. Some of the, you know, some of the best American food can be found in Paris these days. It's really incredible. But um, what, what do you think? We really that? just try not to be pigeonholed because for a while people were saying, "Oh, we just eat fancy food." And then we were in Southeast Asia for a few months, and uh, we got some feedback by a potential partner that said, well, you just do street food. So we really don't want to be pigeonholed. We and try the, to eat it all. Yeah, and, and you know what? There's a tremendous crossover. I'm friends with a lot of chefs, and like a lot of chefs, if you were to take them to Southeast Asia, they're going to eat street food. They, they, and what they'll do a lot of times is they'll translate a lot of those flavors into better food. So, I mean, to I, I just... I think great food is great food, whether you eat it at home, whether you eat it in a restaurant, whether you eat it at a little shack. It doesn't matter. We love food, and that's that. 
And uh, you know, as I said, I knew you would say that you love it all because same like me, I love it all too. So what I'm gonna do is a little spontaneous quiz. I didn't prepare these guys at all for it. So what I'm gonna do is actually ask you guys your favorite and I want you guys to answer at the same time and see if you come up with the same answer. How does that sound? Good. Okay. okay, so I'm going to ask you, for example, um, you know, favorite pizza, boom, and then answered, and then favorite uh, cafe, boom, and answered, okay? So starting at the best country for street foods. Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the best cafe culture, your uh, best city for cafe culture. Bucharest. Okay, there you go, there you go. The best restaurant you guys have ever eaten at. Mason Your favorite country so far? France. France. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite type of food? One, two, three. Pasta. Italian. She likes though that we do split up. She likes noodles. And, I mean, she likes noodles, and I like rice. So like, ah, okay, there you go. Noodles, so it's like a different thing. Yeah. We work it. We work it. Okay, uh, okay. So uh, let's let's do a couple more. This is fun. Okay. So your favorite sightseeing attraction in your entire travel so far? What's that? Say it again. Our favorite. Your favorite sightseeing attraction in your travel so far? Wow, that's really rough because like there's so many great sites. Um, um, okay, I got it. One, two, three. Anchor Watch. Anchor Watch is amazing. I'm gonna say, uh, oh geez, I'm gonna go with a classic, go Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. Okay, awesome. Good one. Okay, we'll do one last one. Okay, ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. Your number one bucket list item still to go. I got it. Ready? Um, one, two. Wait, 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 wait. I got to <laughs> think, think about that one. I'm, I'm... So you know where I want to go. Yeah, I know where you want to go. Um, wow, I don't think I... <laughs> well, I'll tell you the truth. I think I've crossed that off. I don't know. If Mine is Australia. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, hmm, a bucket list attraction. Wow. Or location. Bucket list location. Oh, wow. I'm, it's such a hard question for me. There's just so many great places <laughs> and so many more places to see. I mean, yeah. um, right now I'd love to go to Valencia for food. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Australia. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. It can't, it can't be bad, right? You know? So. Have you been? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I spent uh, three years studying in Sydney, Australia. I absolutely loved it. Uh, my number one bucket list item, since I haven't played the game with you guys yet, is Antarctica. Oh, nice. yeah. I think it's a little too cold there for me. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, I don't think we're going to be, like, putting on, like, giant coats and, like, going out. Even though we saw penguins in South Africa. So, we, were, you know, that was good. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a rapid-fire, impromptu, spontaneous, unplanned for quiz. But I want to actually break it down in terms of some of your answers. Uh, uh, for example, you mentioned your favorite restaurant, and uh, I would love to hear more. Tell us more about why uh, that restaurant was your favorite, and tell us about the experience. Walk us through the food journey and that restaurant experience for both of you. I think where it all starts with um, when it comes to um, the food of, of originally of Michel Brass, but his, the Brass family, 
which is in, located in sort of south, south central France. It's kind of like just about an hour north of where they make Roquefort cheese. So like it's the, the one of the homes, more chefs have imitated this one dish than anywhere else in the world. Is one, there's one very intricate gastronomic dish called Gargouillou, which is, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's this collage of flavors in sort of a, a salad form, would you call it? I don't really know. But anyway, we saw a film. It was wonderful. It was about his father, a father-son handoff. Yeah, in the Philadelphia Film Festival, we saw this documentary. In, Fran in French, it's called Entre les Bras, but in English, it's called Step Up to the Plate. And it's about the father and son chef team and the restaurant. And so once we decided to um, travel full time, that was Daryl's number one thing he wanted yeah, to see, do. Yeah, that was a bucket list item. If you were to talk about a bucket list item, we kind of did it. it. So, so it's a three-star Michelin restaurant, very special. We, we woke up in the middle of the night from Philadelphia to make reservations. We rented a car from Lyon. Yeah. And we went on a little journey through France to get there. And... It was really, it, it, you know, we were a little worried it wouldn't meet our expectations, but it did. It really did. It's, um, I, I think if anybody really wants to do real epic fine dining, my best recommendation is to eat in a restaurant in the countryside or some kind of, sign of a secluded location, in especially in France where they sort of invented the multi-course tasting menu. Like, it's really very special and really very different. And, um, this restaurant is almost the genesis of farm-to-table eating. It's it's very much uh, it's a really really special place with the most beautiful. It's it's located on top of on the highest like hill point in this French countryside area. So you sit at a table and it's almost like you have a gallery looking out on the the plains of central France. And we had the greatest sunset in the world. And the food just knocked our socks off. Like it, it was just. How many hours was it? It was about four, hours, yeah, about four hours. But it was an experience. I think when you eat that kind of expensive meal, you want to feel different when you walked out than when you walked in. You want you don't want to feel like, oh, I ate a bunch of food and it was it was good, you know. I mean it was really well prepared, but no, this you want to feel like, wow, you know, my life has changed. <laughs> and I think that's what great like three star Michelin dining is really all about. So we liked it. Amazing. Amazing. He wants to go. I want to go try it out now. It's really special. Yeah, it's really special. It's not – I think it's a restaurant that sometimes gets a little forgotten because they have this best restaurant list and everything else, but it's a pioneering restaurant in a location that you just you can't match. It just weren't very, very special. So let's flip it around. We've heard about your best dining experience. Tell us about your worst. Oh, wow. Ooh. Wow. You know, we didn't contemplate that question when we were uh, – mm. mm. It, 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 it's better when you, I don't, I don't ask, I don't ask you the questions beforehand. It's better. No, if you, you just didn't come tell us any of the questions. Would it be the one that we have? We have to protect the innocent. No. <laughs> I, actually, I actually didn't know the questions before. I'm making them up. I'm making them up. <laughs> uh, there was a restaurant. I'm not going to give restaurant names, but I'm going to talk about worst restaurants because I don't want to, you know, go too crazy. But there was a restaurant in Galway and it had been very well rated and we went in and they treated us like second class citizens. It wasn't, it just was not a pleasurable experience necessarily. Um, we, you know, have we really had a lot of bad meals on the road? We really had that many. Well, like before we started the blog, we had this experience in Rome where we went to this really nice restaurant and the food was good. And Actually, they, the food was great. The food was great. Yeah. They walked us through this beautiful dining room to a back room where all the tourists were. 
And we were ha it happened to be in the Jewish ghetto. And this other couple was there. We started talking. And they said, welcome to the ghetto in the ghetto. And so now whenever we are seated in a bad part of a restaurant, we call it the ghetto in the ghetto. But I can't really think of a bad meal we've had lately. Yeah, it's, like it's, I'm, I'm really I'm trying to pull that out. I really don't know. Probably the one in Galway. We, yeah. we didn't really write about it because um, we didn't like it. Although in our recent um, restaurant guide we did for Cape Town, we um, were candid about a highly rated restaurant that we had. Not a bad experience, but a disappointing experience. Yeah. So we were a little nervous that we would hear something, but no, but, you know, I think people appreciated our honesty. So there was no fallback on that. <laughs> I think I know the one you're talking about, too. It's in the DNA waterfront, right? No, 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 no. Well, this is actually that was out, okay. This this place is out in Constantia and is actually very highly rated. And I mean, it's a it's a beautiful view over the valley and everything. But I think it's um, An empty experience. Yeah, it just didn't. There was something. Um, There's a little like what I would like to call service weirdness. You know, you get that sort of you sit down and like people are just acting like the the service staff just acts weird. It's like strange, like where they're coming to your table too much. Or um, where they're asking you too many questions, or you're seeing a different service person every time. And the food at this one restaurant was just way over complicated. It was like as if they, as like as if they had a young chef in the kitchen who was just trying to impress people rather than really give people a singular culinary vision that really had the food sort of come together where you could where you could say, oh, you know, that was dead on. So yeah. Well, Thanks for sharing. You know, sometimes it's good to share the bad as well. Um, you guys actually uh, had different opinions on the best street food in the world. Well, one of you guys said Vietnam, the other said Thailand. Tell us why you guys disagree on that. Maybe. Well, I I guess I like I like the street food in Vietnam as well, but I guess Thailand came to my mind first because I really love the street markets there. Um, the food, the food carts, and I really like pad thai. I know it's maybe not the most authentic um, Thai food, but I do really love it a lot. Yeah, and you like it too. I, I think there was something about Vietnam that the food was just so utterly fresh, and I, I just can't. All the herbs. Yeah, the herbs. Like there, there was. Um, I love Thailand also. Thailand is really amazing. Thailand, and it's so funny because the countries are so close to each other. But the food, though it has some similarities in the fact that it's it's a, a lot of Asian um, ingredients and such, you know. But it was different spices. So yeah, different, well, similar spices in some things, but it depends. It was just so different, and I just love the the clean the the cleanness of the flavors of Vietnamese food. It was a, like really a a revelation, just the purity of it all, and that, especially in Hanoi, I think that was just a absolutely. Rev, uh, just a revelatory experience to taste Vietnamese food in Vietnam. Just, they, uh, I mean, what they do over there, you have to, it's one of those places that they, they do a very good versions of it around the world, but until you're there, you just don't know. It's good. I've actually been to both places. I've been to Thailand and Vietnam, and I actually agree with you guys. Those are probably uh, two of the best uh, food places in the world. I would give a slight edge if I was answering the question to Thailand. I, I, I think uh, Thailand has so much diversity, uh, and Bangkok itself has incredible street food. Even, you know, it, even I, I really love Thailand's food, too. And to tell you the truth, yeah. we have to get around. We, we definitely want to do more Bangkok. We haven't done a lot of Bangkok. A and lot, actually, Daryl didn't yeah. really get to fully uh, uh, experience Bangkok because when we were there, 
it was soon after the king had passed away. So the whole city was in mourning, the whole country was in mourning, and a lot of things were closed, all the churches, the Watts, etc. So we'll have to go back there, and so maybe next time he'll say Thailand first. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yes. Maybe. And, and you know one of the memories of Thailand was actually eating all these weird things, uh, grasshoppers, tarantulas, insects, worms. Uh, I don't know if you've tried weird insects on the road, or are you guys uh, a no-go when it comes to insect eating? Uh, the most bizarre thing I think I've tried has been Eskimoes in Mexico, which is the ant eggs. But I, I, but that's in a way really good. I mean, I, I, I think we generally don't go for bizarre food experiences. Though I am an organ meats person, I really do love things like tongue and liver and stuff like that. That's one of one of my favorite things. Great, by the way, great restaurant in South Africa for that stuff, and it was probably one of the best meals we had in Cape Town. So, uh, uh, Mindy and Daryl, uh, you know, a lot of pe uh, people ask this question. How do you guys make money while traveling and how can you fund your travel? And I wish I had more money so that I could travel too. So tell us your answers. How do you guys actually fund it and make travel a reality for yourselves in terms of the money side of things? Well, luckily before we started traveling, we had saved up. So that gave us a base when we started. And also uh, we have a house back in Philadelphia. So we do get rental income from our tenants, which is a nice help. But beyond that, um, with our blog, we have um, advertising income, affiliate marketing income. We do sponsored content in articles and things like that. Um, we also do some freelance work where we uh, write for other um, media outlets. Um, we make money doing that. And we have some ideas for the future that we haven't done yet, but um, hopefully that'll take us to the next level so we can keep going. But awesome. it's a lot of little things that are add up, mm -hmm. so it's just enough. But as you know, um, traveling in a lot of ways is less expensive than being in the United States um, with all the bills and costs that are there. Yeah. So it's a, it makes it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that point. I'm actually from Vancouver, BC, Canada, which is just north of you guys, and it's also very expensive. One of the most expensive real estate markets in the world in Vancouver. And uh, I'm here in Medellin, Colombia, and everything's super cheap. Uh, the apartments are maybe two or three hundred dollars for the entire month. Food is like five to ten dollars, uh, you know, for a meal. And then uh, transport you can get from one end of the city to the other end of the city for less than five U.S. dollars. And uh, you know, like intercity transport is cheap. Flights inside, in, in, within the country is cheap. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm highly liking Colombia because uh, because of the wallet factor. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, we went back to the United States in April, and I couldn't believe. And I mean, I couldn't believe how expensive it was. It's really expensive over there. Um, even in Europe, we're able to live in Europe and cook a lot at home. And if you cook at home in Europe, you actually spend a, like not as little as Southeast Asia, but not a lot of money. You can cook at home really cheap over here. Yeah, with the market, yeah. it's so much easier to get fresh vegetables at an mm -hmm. affordable price than back in the States. So that's one way. So in addition to making money, we do try to keep our costs down by, even though it seems like we eat out all the time, we do cook at home quite a bit as well, which helps. <laughs> yeah, and I, I assume uh, you're also getting uh, some meals uh, sponsored or complimentary in return for reviews. Is that through the tourism boards or from the restaurants itself or a bit of both? We generally pay our way when it comes to meals. We, there are exceptions, 
We will take a sponsor meal every once in a while. But the dream for us is to never have to take meal sponsorships, ever. But, you know, it's a struggle on the road. You want to defer your costs as much as possible. But it, and that's where the curation comes in. So we have to really make sure that if we're going to be eating places that, you know, we're not caught in a situation where we're in a sponsored meal that we can't really vouch for. Yeah, so we, we, when we do take um, free meals, we, do, we tend to prefer them to be through the tourism, um, the DMO or the tourist board, whatever, because they kind of understand what we are looking for and what we like. And as you know, there was that one restaurant in, in South Africa that we talked about that was, it was okay, but then it's a little bit awkward when you accept a free meal because then you're obligated to write about it, which we, we really want to give our honest opinions on the site, which we do, and that makes it a little bit more difficult. Yes. It, I mean, you have to curate. It really is important to curate where you're going to be eating. And there was this one situation we were in. We actually, we were in Talon, and we were being hosted by um, Visit Talon, who are awesome. And they had planned a few meals for us. And one of them was at a German, was it a German beer hall? Yeah, it was a, a German beer hall, yeah. And we, were, we just were very honest and said, this really is not going to fit into our coverage and our audience. And we really appreciate it, but we're just going to pass on that meal because it doesn't really fit our, our style. And they were totally cool. So it, maybe a year ago, we might have been afraid or hesitant to be honest, but they really appreciated our honesty. And we're really pleased with the food guide we put together. So you know, you know, I think it's, it needs to be a collaboration, and we're getting better at that as we go along. Yeah. And you also, I think, when we were on Leon, we found ways to enjoy really – expensive food at a better value like lunch. we, we yeah. ate lunch we you know there are a number of michelin one-star restaurants in france that serve lunch and they have their culinary reputation at stake and the lunch deals are great so i mean we'll, we'll go for lunch in a particular restaurant we don't have to do the tasting blowout at every meal we we go to and sometimes you know we, we sometimes we're not always into the tasting menu it's, it's it's different things for different occasions and i think we found a way to um to eat in the best uh, way possible with the finances we have. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my big questions is, how do you actually write about food? Because our taste buds don't have words, and uh, sometimes the food is so amazing, you can't actually describe it in actual words. And yeah, you there's can only so many times you can say great, or amazing, or divine. How, yeah. uh, walk us through, how can you actually write about food effectively? Yeah, you can only say delicious so many times. And, Not and many. you really have to, um, I think there, I, I've learned, I think, from a, some other um, writers. There was, um, who was the one writer we heard from in we spoke uh, Seattle? Uh, Diane. Diane Jacobs, right? Diane Jacobs said, like, she has certain words you should never use in a food article. One is, like, delicious. Um, there's um, also um, Pete Wells in the New York Times. I love to read food, food criticism. I'm, if you ever read Pete Wells in the New York Times, or um, Jonathan Gold, LA Weekly. You know, like you read those people where there's a great food writer in Philadelphia named Craig O'Ban. They know how to write about food. It's a lot of it is how you experience the food. You can only write about so much taste. You could, and then like just kind of listing the food, and you have to be able to give concrete examples. You can't just say, well, that food tasted really great at this restaurant. You have to give people a picture of what they're going to be eating. It is very, food writing is the most difficult, I think. One thing that we also um, try to do is take good, good, good photos of the food, so that'll complement what we're writing, so people can actually see it and then read about our experience of eating it. Yes. 
it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> we're always working on our food photography game. It's something, it's one of those things that like we just kind of push for excellence every time we go out and uh, hope that we just keep getting better and better <laughs> when we do it. It's, it's difficult. We're doing, I think there are a lot of great food photographers. They all set up sessions. They'll come and take a thousand photos on one plate. We're here and we're doing it live. We come in and we've, we've got a whole system that we've developed over the years and hopefully we're, we're conveying that, those food memories for our readers and that's really what it's all about. It was so interesting. When we were in Houston, we happened to be having lunch at this restaurant where a photographer from Bon Appetit was taking a photo of a dish and she took about 1,000 photos of this one dish. Oh, and it was sunny through the window. She's using light screens. She's got everything else. And then the funny part is the chef who met us is like, oh, yeah, why, here you go. Here, take the dish. You can take a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, once she was done, he gave us the dish, and we um, photographed it and, and then ate it. So we got very lucky there. Yes. <laughs> it was a little cold. It's okay. So, yeah, you're right. It is hard to write about food. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is definitely hard to write about food, and it's also hard to take pictures of food. And you go to restaurants and cafes, and you always see couples who are at a table, and you know, someone's trying to uh, eat, and the other person's like, no, 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 don't eat. Uh, we need to take a picture first. Uh, so how do you actually take good pictures in terms of both, uh, walk us through how you take a good food picture in terms of both a smartphone, like iPhone or Android, and also maybe a DSL, DSLR level uh, food photo. Okay. Um, well, the first thing is you, the, the challenge of in a restaurant is you've got a chef in the kitchen and he just made a hot dish and he wants you to have the best taste sensation possible. He sent out hot food to you and you're taking pictures of it and he wants you to eat it. He's getting impatient. Your guests, we've, we've dined out with guests and they're getting impatient because we're taking pictures of the food and they want to eat the food while it's hot. So that's the first challenge you have. The next challenge is you have to have light. There's always the most important thing. The best photos I think we've taken have been in Southeast Asia in a shack. Beautiful light, you know, screened light. It's wonderful, you know. So you have to, my best advice is you got, you know, and any photographer will tell you this, you've got to find the light. You, you have to have drama. You have to find the light in a given situation. So, so going to your question, we don't really use our smartphones too much for the photos. That's really more backup photos in case there's an issue with what we do in the DSLR. And we also use it for maybe store, like do Instagram stories with the smartphone. But we primarily use our DSLR camera, camera for the food photography. And we shoot in... Um, we shoot in RAW. We shoot in RAW. We um, shoot um, with a, generally with a, a sort of medium focal length lens with a very short minimum focus distance. We... Um, what else do we do? <laughs> we're, not, we're not out of that. Yeah, we're not. Oh, yeah, we shoot in generally an aperture priority. We're or or manual. We we do not shoot like we don't shoot in auto. Um, I think that's. I don't know. To me, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, I shoot in auto." I'm like, well, you know, it's more fun. I think to shoot in manual and really like discover how you can manipulate a photo. And you know, we do all sorts of different. Like we shoot at narrow depth of field. We shoot at wide depth of field. Every dish has its own story that it wants to tell. And we're out to show our audience the 
the, 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 I'll say delicious, the deliciousness of a particular food that we're taking a picture of. We want them to, to eat it off the plate, to be hungry. We know we've done our job if the audience is, is hungry. And actually there was this article in the New York Times a few years ago about food photography and it had an accompanying video that we watched. And it really resonated with me because the, um, I forget who it was, but the person yeah. um, who was um, talking said yeah. that the most important thing about taking a good uh, food photo is to love the food. Yeah, you have to love the food. And so now when I look at other people's food photography, I can tell people who love the food versus people who are just taking a picture of food. And yeah, it's really, we love the food. You would, if you ever went out with us taking food photos at dinner, it's a it's a really kind of uh, we gotta, we <laughs> it's, an to it's an interesting experience. It's like Mindy and I basically uh, reaching reaching to each other for approval, <laughs> and uh, we work as a team when we work with one camera. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so we've covered uh, travel. Uh, sorry, food writing food photography, and the next logical question is food videography. Uh, so you've done photography. Let's uh, hear about your food videography. I, I had a chance to look at your YouTube channel. You do some great uh, video blogging about your food experiences. Walk us through about, uh, uh, you know, share us about your videos on YouTube. Well, I think the photography, we're basically working with the same exact camera that we're shooting the stills with. So it's an extension, more or less. The light has to be there the same way. Um, we started I, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so we did. We started to do it. We, we were kind of searching around for the right package to do. We were really concentrating on YouTube when it comes to our videos, and we found the best way to work. Since we seem to 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 really get along on screen and really have fun, is to basically take people to our table with us. You know, crack a bunch of jokes, hang out, eat the food, show what we're eating. Basically, like, we want to bring you to our dining experiences. And um, I think we, that's what I and what we try to impart. On yeah, the we're really package. lucky. Well, I'm really lucky because Daryl has a background in video editing. So he's able to um, produce these videos with all the B-roll of the scenery interlaced with us talking and eating. And we've gotten feedback in the very beginning that people wanted to see what we were eating. Yeah, and people so, want to see us. It's, yeah. it's a, I mean, you know, it's a, I don't uh, know. I, we never thought that we would be on camera, but hey, it's, I guess, the way it goes. And now we see what you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks good. <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's a live show and we're talking about food. Might as well show you uh, our kids eating uh, Colombian food. And uh, this is uh, the lady cooking here for us. Uh, uh, you know, uh, having Colombian food here in Medellin, Colombia. So, what do you? What are you? Can I ask what you're eating? It's what the kids are eating. And what are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. Just one second. Um, sorry, my friend has a question. Yeah. They want to know what are we eating? What are we eating? And rice and arepa. 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 Típico. Típico. And Colombian. And everything food. And breakfast and lunch and dinner. This. But this is have everything. For example, arepa with cheese, with chicken, with meat, with everything. Mm. What, what else is famous? What else is famous in Colombia? What kind of food? What kind of food is famous? Uh, ajiaco is typical in capital in Bogota 
is typical. Ang bandeja paisa, the name bandeja paisa, is typical in Antioquia, in Medellin. It's very good. It's a very big plate. Yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, beans, rice, and meat, and, and everything. It's more the, in only the, the, the one plate, mm -hmm. uh, uh, half eight and uh, uh, ten different foods. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think there's some amazing markets out in Medellin, too. Um, yes. Um, yeah, I used to work for a, uh, a Latin American food um, restaurant group. I worked for them for a long time, so we, I, I'm somewhat familiar. But we also, in Philadelphia, we have such a wide selection of international foods. And I used to eat a Watch, okay, where's the phone? Go, watch. Okay, um, <laughs> it was a little impromptu, uh, you know, interview there with the local. <laughs> you made us hungry. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, the next question has to do with um, what's the future? I mean, you've already uh, traveled around the world. Uh, you're currently in Zagreb, uh, Croatia. Uh, tell us about uh, where do you intend to go next in the next few months and years to come? Well, we're actually staying in Zagreb for two months, so we're almost halfway through. So we've been traveling so much that we needed to slow down for a little bit, catch up on some things, and just enjoy life. So that's what we're doing yes. right now. And I mean, really, and you would know as a, as a travel blogger how you can just get wound down by constant movement, and we're really happy to be able to be in Zagreb for two months. It really means a lot to Write us. a lot of content. So after here, we're going to go to Slovenia. Yeah, we're going to Slovenia, and then we're, uh, we were talking about Portugal, but I think we might go back down and through Italy. But I, we still have to figure that out. We'll be back in the States in November, and we're figuring out, we're deciding if we want to go back to Southeast Asia or to South America after that. So well, come down to South America. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, since we're doing a video interview as well, I might as well show you a little bit of uh, uh, the landscape. Uh, uh, Medellin is one of the big digital nomad hubs, and it's an amazing city. Like I said, the cost is so cheap. People are super friendly, as you uh, just heard from the lady who was uh, on the show there. Uh, so... Uh, I'm going to actually do a little quiz uh, to end the show today because the first quiz went so well. So, you guys ready for round number two? We're ready. All right. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Can I drink a little? Okay. Ready? Wait, first wait, wait. question. What is your favorite food movie? Mm. Um, I have to say uh, Big I'm Night. Bras. Big Night. Okay. What is your favorite food TV show? Oh. Top Chef. Top Chef, yes. Oh, delayed, delayed answer. Uh, next question is, what is your favorite food blog besides yourself? Wow. Mm. I'd have to say Mark Wayne's. No? No. Um, my favorite food blog. Wow, it's been a while. There's so many of them out there. It's really difficult to to. to I don't want to name one or the other and not have an idea. Um, actually, I like, um, what's his, David Leibovitz. He's a blogger out of Paris. A New Yorker out of Paris. Uh, he's a New Yorker who he, was, uh, he used to teach at the um, French Culinary Institute, I think. I think. 
but I'm not sure. But he moved to Paris, and he's, he has tremendous pastry skills. It's really amazing. Also, though, uh, well, there's food blogs. I like Serious Eats does some travel stuff, but but I think David Leibovitz has an amazing food blog from Paris, and it's, it's really incredible stuff. Awesome. I'll definitely have to get bring him on the show. Okay, so next question is, favorite food magazine? Um, it was, was Lucky, Lucky Peach, Peach, which has just ended. Um, now I would have to say we have no favorite food magazine right now because it was the one the, – the reason being that it was, the, it was the one – Gourmet, we loved Gourmet magazine. That gourmet now has been out for like eight years. I mean, wow. yeah. So I, I think it was the um, – Lucky Peach was the one magazine out there where there was some really serious food literature going on. Now you read things like Bon Appetit or or Food and Wine. It's Savoy. a lot of a lot. Savoy. I don't know much about Savoy, so I'm not going to comment on them. But there was also there was just a number of you know just it's all pop kind of pop culture recipes. It's like it doesn't really get inside the food well. Um, there's a new place, uh, Milk Street. Uh, Christopher Kimmel's magazine is about to open. I'm I'm interested in seeing that. But you know we'll, we'll see. There's it's. The world of magazines has changed so much since blogging. It really has turned upside down. There's so many things you can read now. It's unbelievable. That was a long answer. It was. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay, next question, next question. Uh, your favorite chef? Favorite chef. Favorite chef. Um, oh, wow. Um, I would say um, Daniel Hume. Of Is 11 it? Madison Park. Hmm. Okay, question, since you're in Croatia, what is your favorite food in Croatia? Um, Bereka. 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 What is that? What is that? It's like sort of like a cheese pie. It's like, it's like they, take, they take filo dough and they make a pie out of it. It's, it's like pretty much the... Burek, it's it's you know pretty it much the street food of Croatia. Yeah, we, we would eat it every day because it only costs a dollar, and we could share it equivalent. But it's got a lot of butter, so we can't eat it too often. If you go to the right, also if you go to the right restaurant here in a local place, that's another thing we try to get out of the tourist zone as much as we can. And even though not everything in the tourist zone is bad, but you you want a good mixture. We went to a place that served an amazing steak, an amazing garlic steak, amazing. All right, so my daughter has a question. What question do you have? What's your yes. favorite dessert? What's that? What's that? Say it, say it again. What's your favorite dessert? Our favorite Our dessert. Our favorite dessert, wow. There's a place in Montreal that we love um, called Opied Cushon, but they don't serve it on the menu all the time. But like when they did, there's a a recipe called pudding schumer i still think we love that called and it literally translates into unemployed man's pudding and it's just this amazing kind of sort of maple syrupy sort of like maple syrupy bread pudding ish kind of thing it's just it's amazing well we went on our road trip we ate donuts in every city so i think we're kind of done with donuts but we um ate a lot of gelato in italy and, oh. and I love gelato, so I'm gonna go with gelato. Well, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I'm not. I think you. I'm not one to play favorites. I mean, I can compare. It, you compare. There's so many great things out there. Bologna, the gelato capital of the world. I've never had more better gelato in one city than in Bologna recently. You just could. There were like ten places all served amazing gelato. It was incredible. <laughs> 
So you can tell your daughter that my my answer is ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. I think she's going to agree with you. She's going to say ditto. Very smart girl. <laughs> uh, last question, last question. So what is your favorite drink? Well, we love wine. I love a mojito. Just kind of weird, I guess. Maybe not. Negronis are good. Negronis. Oh, the Aperol Spritz. You really like the Aperol Spritz, right? I'm going to go with coffee. Coffee. <laughs> I love, you know, when I'm eating Southeast Asian food, I love Coca-Cola. It's the one place where, like, I think I'm, I'm walking enough and active enough that I can drink a Coke with every meal and not have to pay for it on my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, it's been a lot of fun talking to you guys. Uh, tell us about, uh, if people wanted to find out if they've been inspired by this interview, they want to connect with you, follow your journey, uh, how can they do that? What is your website and social media, Mindy and Daryl? Um, we're at... Uh, website is Two Food Trippers, so it's, you know, obviously www.foodtrippers.com. And we're basically on everything as... Two Food Trippers, again, number two Food Trippers, that would be Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube. Uh -huh. so Two Food Trippers. Yes, and we also have, we have videos on both YouTube and Facebook. Yes. All right, so easy peasy, also, lemon squeezy. Also, also, I'll say, if you go to Instagram, we are on, we do a lot with Instagram stories, so it's always kind of fun for people to follow along with what we do most days. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, you know, it's been awesome uh, ch chatting with with both of you guys. Uh, you know, I love your blog, uh, Two Food Trippers. You guys are both tripping out in food, literally. Uh, so keep up the good work, guys, and uh, happy eating. Well, thank you. Have a have a great, I guess, afternoon. <laughs> We're it's almost sundown here, so we'll talk to you soon. Yes, it's one one p.m. Uh, local time in Bogota and Medellin, Colombia. Here, so uh, I'm going to actually go eat the rest of my meal there with the kiddos. Uh, they're eating without me, and I'm getting hungry. So. <laughs> Well, this was fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good evening. You as well. Bye-bye. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you not only how to make money while traveling the world, but how to eat well while traveling the world, too. So thanks, everyone. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and on YouTube. Helps us out in the podcast and the videocast rankings. Uh, we'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. Happy travels and happy eating.